Oh, welcome to church. I'm Stephanie, your atheist Jezebel. My featured atheist today is Kate. She was one of the voices you heard on the 3X Pentecostals episode. She would be the calming presence, full of wisdom, and maybe a little whiskey. <laughs> uh, I struggled a little bit with the title of this episode, but I decided to go with a more positive one. It's so much better on the other side. The runner-up was, men made all kinds of decisions without me. That says a lot. I don't think any of it's good. She has quite the churchy background, but she made it out. And her story is inspiring. It's too inspiring to use the runner-up title. She's accomplished so much, and she's written a book. It's called Trust and Obey. It's currently in the editing process, and I am really looking forward to its release where I can hear more of her story. I'll put links in the show notes for you to keep track of her and the progress of her book. Enjoy. Right, my featured atheist for today is Kate. Hi, Kate. Hello, Stephanie. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty cool. well. Thanks. Enjoying enjoying the lockdown. I I actually am. Yeah. I think this was like the the break that I needed. Life was a little crazy, and this is a nice downtime for me. I would agree. I would love it if I could have that downtime. It would be great. But um, so far, not for me. But, uh, but I'm here with you. Gave you time and me time to talk. That's true. That's been difficult to find. So um, let, me, let me ask this first. Where, where are you from, Kate? Now, where are you now? I, I am in the D.C. metro area. Cool. That is where I am. And then did you grow up somewhere else? I did. I was an army brat. So I have lived everywhere. Uh, well, not everywhere, but multiple places. Um, I don't really have what you would call a hometown. Uh, I was born in Germany on wow. uh, an army base. Mm -hmm. So I lived in Germany and Holland and several U.S. states, but those were the only two foreign countries I've wow. lived in. Well, that's pretty cool. So yeah. um, the bigger questions now, how, uh, how long have you been an atheist? Yeah, so that's always a difficult question because there's that squishy period of time when you are like, kind of going through the motions which you know you don't believe but I would say somewhere between six and seven years wow that's a pretty long time yeah yeah because you've been you've been a part I've gotten to know you uh under a different name in the Appers group <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was very cool um and then when you joined Yaptron I figured it out and that was very cool too so so you did how long has that been has that been a couple years since you've been in uh, that I since I joined Yaptron yeah or yappers um yappers um at least two years it no. may be longer than that but i, I think two years could wow. be wrong yeah it's it's been it's been really <laughs> fun getting to know getting to know everybody and i think i think it's really really cool so right, yeah. now, that, now that you've been an atheist for six or seven years mm -hmm. what started the original journey into religion i was born and raised in a very conservative 
Christian home. So that is what I was taught from birth. I'm the third of four children. Um, we went to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. Um, anytime the doors were open, you know, that, that kind of a wow family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it wears off after a few days and that's why they have to throw one in midweek. You know, you can't just go on Sunday. Right. I think that's why I think there must be a three and a half day expiration on brainwashing. I, I don't know. Maybe people start thinking too much during the work week right. or something. <laughs> right. And they're know. they're around heathens and they're like, uh oh, maybe they're right. <laughs> so, right? so I know you said it was really conservative. Uh any particular flavor of conservative uh Christianity? So my journey was I guess a little interesting. My parents were Church of Christ and originally they were the very conservative Church of Christ that believed that we should not use instruments in worship, that it should only be our voices. Okay. And that's when we lived in the Bible Belt. Um, and then my father had been transferred to New York, and the only church he could find that he liked included instruments. So they kind of, you know, broadened their scope a little bit, and it was a little more liberal. And we were allowed to wear pants because before what? that, pants. the girls were not allowed to wear pants. So that was really exciting. Wow. Could you um, cut your hair? Could you cut your hair? Because that's important too. I, you... I could trim my hair, but mm. it needed to be long. You know, trim mm-hmm. it to keep it healthy, but it needed to be long. Wow. Um, and after that, this is the extent of my teenage rebellion, was that I decided to leave the church that my parents were going to and go to my boyfriend's church, oh, boyfriend's. which was like <laughs> a speaking in tongues, but they had like a cool rock band church, you know? Right. And how, so how, old, how old were you then? 16. 16. Okay, so 16 with a boyfriend, and that was okay? (laughs) Well, you know, he was a good Christian boy, and the parents knew each other, and we met at church camp, so, you know. Yes, yes. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Right. No, I have not heard any stories about what could possibly go wrong with that. No. No. (laughs) So then you ended up. Jesus. Yeah, right. Right. Well, you know, that's what God wanted, so. Oh, put you yeah. two together <laughs> but, <laughs> so oh boy <laughs> so the church you ended up going to with him was then a speaking in tongues pentecostal style type thing yeah okay yeah, and then what was. what happens with this boyfriend where does that so lead? this this boyfriend i i stayed with him for like three or four years we were like pretty serious and we even decided to go to college together mm-hmm um but then I just got this brilliant idea that I'd been dating him for too long and I needed to play the field so I told him bye oh that's uh that's pretty grown up for you at 19 I don't know (laughs) well I don't know I don't know what to call it not not grown up I don't think maybe um I don't know I just wanted to experience life and I felt like I was being too Closed-minded, maybe? I don't right. know. Right. Well, that's pretty cool because, you know, I, I would have expected, based on what you said about growing up in a super conservative church, ending up in another conservative church with a conservative boyfriend, that you would have ended up married at 18. Oh, everyone in my family thought we would be. Yeah. So maybe I decided to shake it up a little or something. <laughs> that's good. Good for you. Still shaking it up, aren't you? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> So, so, okay, so cool. And I know, um, now, now speaking of family then, 
have you been able to be open with any of them? Um, not really. So my father, he is still definitely very, very conservative. Um, and I know that he's even just this past Easter, I was talking to my mom on the phone and you could kind of tell they were trying to have this side conversation. And my mom asked, Hey, do you have any special plans this weekend? I was like, no, not really. Just like, you know, it's Easter, right? Oh yeah. Oops. (laughs) And I was like, uh, I guess it is. Um, okay. I don't have any special plans. And she continued to tell me about her plans. But I know that that was like, she was gathering information to deliver to my father because he's concerned that I'm not in the fold. And your mom's not concerned, though? Just your dad? My mom's a bit more liberal. Um, I don't think she's as concerned. She, they both like kind of know my history. So they're just... I think that they both believe that I am working through a stage. Oh, it's a phase. Yes. I've heard those before. Yes. Phase. Yeah. Right. And my dad, I don't know. I just, maybe I don't want to cause him a heart attack by saying anything. You know, that's an (laughs) interesting. I feel really guilty. (laughs) Right? But, well, it wouldn't be your fault. Um, I mean, okay, from his perspective, then, if God wants to take him, he will, right? <laughs> so, so, right. So it's fair. Yeah. I, I guess I agree that people have to live their lives. And when, when, when would there ever be a good time? Would be the way I would put that. Where, when would there ever be right. a good time to tell? Well, anybody. I mean, isn't there always going to be one next person that you really don't want to have that discussion with? Probably, and maybe part of it is that I live on the East Coast. My parents live on the West Coast, and we don't see each other that often. So, kind of why. I rock the boat. Right. You know? Well, you um, know, okay, well, we we got to meet in Redondo Beach. What is that? About almost two months ago now. Wow. Yeah, it was end of February. Yeah, end of February. And that was super fun. So you did make it out to the West Coast, and I got to meet you. That was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so now how, how the, this, and I'm just really curious about these family things, because, you know, my family is not religious. They were probably the opposite. They were worried when I did end up with an evangelical Christian. <laughs> So they're like, oh, man, this is just a phase. It'll be okay. A long phase, but well, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so so then when you're at those kind of things, because from what I know, um, kids will tell on you. I have seen it happen many times. So if your kids know, <laughs> they'll tell. So yeah. So yeah. how do they keep it all quiet? Does anybody accidentally drop a little hint? Um, Not that I know of yet. I know there have been times that, my kids have been with my parents when I'm not there and they do take them to church. Hmm. Um, but they know that if I am there with my kids and it's Sunday, we are not going to church. That's good. Um, yeah. And I, I let that slide. I'm not gonna nope. put down my foot and say they're never going to church. Um, because I do think it's good to be exposed to different ideas and religions and decide for yourself. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's I think it's a really good idea to let them know what they're missing. So so that, you know, and it's not missing in a bad way. It's like 
it's sort of like the forbidden thing where you're, you know, if you said don't, you can never go to a church. Well, you know, that's the first thing they're going to do. They're going to rebel and join a church. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And right now I feel like the the scales are tipped, you know, a little bit the other way because I did take them to church for so many years. And now I feel like I need to make sure that I expose them to uh, what we call the real world. Right. Um, You know, ideas, um, that they had not been exposed to before. That must have been difficult, though. So how, how old were they when you left the church? How old was the youngest one when you left the church? The youngest one was like four or five. Okay, so I that think. one's easy. Yeah, that, so one, that, that one's probably like, really... okay, whatever mom says, it's cool. Yeah, so they were like, the younger two were like, four or five and six or seven so I kind of left them it's just like eh, it'll work itself out Mm -hmm. my older two were um I want to say 16 and 18 and my oldest my son took it really hard um you know he was he was afraid that I was going to go to hell and he went and talked to his youth leader and he came back and he gave me this book I'm trying to remember the name of it it was something like how to walk with God through times of pain and suffering. And I guess they had come to this conclusion that I was going through a difficult time in my life and this would be an encouraging book for me. So that was really sweet. And I thanked him and I I looked through the book, which they had like highlighted and made notes for me. Oh, wow. (laughs) And um, I, I did not read it. I looked through it, but I was like, this is not. That's interesting. Basically bullshit. So, right. (laughs) <laughs> thank you but i i can't thanks but no thanks so yeah. um, i know i know you're um have written right a fabulous book i have it's in it's in the editing process now but it is really coming along i know i've been talking about it probably the whole two years i've been in oh, yappers it's, it's but great that's I've... one thing that this lockdown has helped me with mm-hmm. i've been looking for the time to finish it and now I have like a month at home. So here we are. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. Um, and I know you don't want to give away too much. So, you know, do, do we know the title or is that something we have to wait for? So as you know, I originally joined Yappers as Escape Velocity yes. because I thought that would be the title. My nerd but friends all now... think that's cool, by the way. My nerd friends are like, Escape Velocity, how cool is that? <laughs> I know. And I, I do like the idea of like, you know, pulling away from that gravitational force that you think that you're naturally supposed to be inclined towards. I right. like that idea. But um, my editor was like, you don't have any kind of space theme in the book. Right. It does sound sciencey. So so they'll be like, wait, what is this about? <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Where are the aliens? <laughs> I know. I know. So the the new title of the book, which really works much better is trust and obey because that was my mother's favorite hymn and I have a very vivid memory of her singing it and you know she's like a southern hospitality person nice and you know how with southern people they they tend to put on this southern charm but sometimes it's not genuine (laughs) right (laughs) but as as her daughter like I could see when she really meant it when she was saying something and when she didn't That's cool. So I can remember like as a child watching her sing this hymn and she really believed it. Hmm. And so the the book trust is definitely a theme in the book. And that 
really has worked out much better. And, um, and obey is like, you know, as, as good Christian women are taught, you are to submit yeah. and obey. Right. <laughs> um, but my mother's favorite hymn, the chorus of it was trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Wow. Oops. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. But uh, it does work better than escape velocity. I could I could see that. I could see how that that would make um, your target audience would probably respond to that better. Yeah, that makes sense. So now back back a step because and you you just cut me off if there's anything that you're like, no, no, I don't want to give away any of my secrets in the book. <laughs> but I know I do know that this entire time that your kids are going to church, you are with a husband, right? And you, yes. you leave the church before you leave him? Or is that, which way did that go? Oh, um, I think the way my process worked was that I had to kind of get rid of the idea of God before I would allow myself to get a divorce so that I wouldn't be damned to hell. That makes sense. I think that, I mean, I think that's part of it. The other part was, um, unfortunately, just like money. Like, I didn't have a degree. I didn't have a job. Uh, my parents wouldn't support the idea of a divorce because they had told me when I got married, there's no such thing as a divorce. Right. And, you know, when my aunt got divorced, they had horrible things to say about her. So it was kind of like um, that need to build my own support network, even though it may not be people, just money. I mean, wow. And I'm, I'm sure right now <laughs> with everyone losing their jobs, um, it kind of hits home for me to see people trapped because of money. Right. And that's, that's a lot of people too. You know, there's a lot of people that that happened to where you just, you're stuck, but that's a, that's a really, um, it's a really terrifying thing to be feeling trapped. I mean, that your whole livelihood and, and with kids is attached right. to a marriage. So, right. I mean, I know. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not great. Um, but then I've made that mistake more than once. So, oh, well, <laughs> I won't be doing it again. <laughs> so that's so you so you actually started detaching before you left him and started making yes. your own money and going to school you probably had to wait to go to school until after you left him no I didn't actually oh. um because we were so freaking poor um <laughs> I was able to get grants from the government cool to go back to school um and it, it took me a, a lot of years. I think it took me a total of 11 years to finish my degree while raising kids. That's amazing. Um, but my my mom did support in that sense. Um, when I decided I wanted to go back to school and had kids, the government grants covered tuition and books, and she covered child care. Yeah, well, because so that's she a big was, one. Yeah. Child care is impossible know. to work when you don't have kids almost. You know, it's like the, the money evens out if you don't make enough money. Right. And for the first probably six to eight years I was going to school, online classes were either not a thing or just barely becoming a thing. Um, and I 
probably would have not finished as quickly as I had, had there not been online classes for the last two years, I just crammed those things in. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Because you know, you can almost take your own, you know, your own pace. And if it takes 11 years, so it takes 11 years. That's fine. I mean, yeah. it, I think it's it's great. You determined you got what you wanted. And I know you're yeah. happily, happily with a person now. I am. <laughs> yes. So but yeah, the um, like getting a getting the degree and getting the job and I even I bought a house um before I left him really but I made sure that it was in my name yeah I did wow so we've talked a bit because you know we've talked a bit I uh I we've talked about the crazy divorce laws between the two different (sighs) places that we're at it's (laughs) it's pretty insane so to me I find it amazing that you could have bought a house and gotten away with keeping 100% of it now, I don't know that that would have worked here in California, even if it was just in my name. It would have it would have had to do with how much money I had into it before we were married. Anything after that, we would have had to split, I believe, even if it was just in my name, is my understanding. Lawyers can call me and tell me I'm wrong. But yeah. it's uh, it's pretty crazy, the differences between the states when it comes to this. Because I know your, your situation, which any Californian listening to this is going to be like, what? You had to do what? So tell me how yeah. long. <laughs> the one thing was it. How long you had to be separated before you could even, was it, could you even file or start being um, final? There's some crazy rule that you told me. In- it was, yeah, it was crazy. So we had to be separated for a full year. Um, we could file for our court date before then. I don't recall how soon before then, but it ended up being a full year and a half because the court wouldn't give us a court date until July. So we were separated for a year, January to January. And then um, even though we had fulfilled all of the state check the boxes, we were separated. Um, We had a signed um, agreement. Yep. I felt as though we should have been able to just kind of mail that in and be done with it. But they wanted us to appear in court and get it rubber stamped. So I had to wait until then. So 18 months from the day we started separation to the day I finally got to just kick him to the curb and get my wow. freaking name back. Yeah. Well, yeah, I kept it was my rough. name. And- I kept my name because I'm just too lazy <laughs> to change it. <laughs> oh, I could not. I did not want to see that name again. Oh, my God. Well, I only use it when I have to. As you can see, mine just says Stephanie on our Zoom call here. <laughs> Does not have mm. a last name. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. No, I don't, I don't care. I'm too lazy to change it. If I change it, I will change it to something fun. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It won't, it won't be back to my maiden name. So, you know what? Once you've had the same last name for 21 years, was that longer than I ever had a last name? It's pretty much tied with my maiden name. So, um, wow. yeah. So changing it now means what a hassle. So no thanks. But now, yeah, the we managed to split up <laughs> beginning to end in nine months. I think it's nine months flat, oh July gosh. to April. Because you were at my fabulous divorce party. We didn't have to go to I court, was. rubber stamp anything. So, so yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. It's just like watching my countdown calendar, which I would update the Outron people on <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> like, oh, look, it's only 40 days, 40 days, 40 days. And then I'll be like, eight days? What? When did, how did this happen? <laughs> uh, but it was, it's, uh, yeah, that was a really fun party, by the way. We had, we had a really good time on Zoom. 
just about 10 of us, I guess, uh, at any given that time. Was it was pretty really fun. fun. But yeah. I did. So I lived in Texas for 13 years before coming to Maryland. And while going through that separation, I just would have like these memories of looking at a Texas newspaper and it was like, call this lawyer for your divorce, $88 yeah. <laughs> in three months and you're done. And like, damn it. Why didn't I do this in Texas? Right. <laughs> It'd be so, so much easier. Did he make the move? Cause he was in Texas with you, right? Yeah. We yeah. were there together. So did he make the move to Maryland? Was he there with you? He did. Um, that was my, my push. We were in like a very, very controlling church. And I thought, well, if I can just get him to move away from here, away from the influence of that pastor, maybe he'll be different. Yeah. So I pushed really hard for that. And um, I had to write all of his cover letters and resumes and send in all of his applications. But um, we found him a job. Hmm. And we moved to Maryland together. Um, he subsequently lost that job within a year. Oh and um, his, let's just say his behavior did not change for the better at all. But okay. we did get the chance through my new employer to go to the only secular counselor we had ever been to. What? Because before that, we had only been allowed to counsel with the pastor because... He was God's shepherd right. for us, and we couldn't even go to another Christian counselor. And do you want to know, I'm sure you'll be able to guess, whose side the pastor was on? Oh, gee, um, uh, hmm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that? Obey Always. word? O obey. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, 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 got, I got many lectures using the words submit, obey, help Ugh. meet, ministry, you know, and I never set out to be a minister's wife never that yeah. was not my choice the men they made that decision without me so men that, made all kinds of decisions without me right but but and it's, i mean i i'm just really proud to hear that you woke up and said wait no i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna take it anymore <laughs> but, yeah 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 and then my you know uh, uh, for contrast i guess my entire marriage was more him probably assuming i was going to do things that i had no intention of doing and just not listening to me you know thinking like why aren't you what made you think i was going to do that i never said that <laughs> you know I, I never said i would want to be a minister's wife that's a good example you know right. i don't i don't want to do this someone and then it's like having no agency sometimes it's not it feels so unfair when you're in it and that pastor thing i can't believe you got to yeah. see a secular therapist well, that wasn't until we moved to Maryland. Still, I can't believe you got guy. to do it. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was oh, hard. For it me. was so awesome. Right. Because right. we went through the whole story and the counselor looked at my now ex and he told him, you do realize that's abuse. Oh, really? And he like hung his head in shame. I wasn't buying it for a second, but he was trying to act ashamed. Hmm. Um, but that was like the first time in a counseling setting that I felt like someone's on my side yes that's uh that's pretty that's pretty cool because that's where so much of this comes into when you're when you're into the religion thing and these guys will say that kind of thing it's like well no you know I mean you are the wife you do need to submit and you know somebody has to have the final say yes. that was what I would hear all the time too well you know somebody has to be in charge it's not the two of us it's me <laughs> 
Right. And so that was, I think that was really hard for me to break away from because like when I was little, when I lived in the Bible Belt with my parents, um, my mom volunteered, I guess, volunteered, I don't know. She's taught at this private Christian school so that we could go to Christian school. And the curriculum they used there was called um, Accelerated Christian Education. And there are now like groups forming to ban this um, curriculum. Really? And they have, they have banned it in Norway and, and I think some kind of European education conglomerate of some kind, they have banned it um, because they will teach that um, the woman should always obey her husband. And that is what makes her happy. I can remember having these little assignments as a little girl, like daddy's tools are a hammer and a Bible, but the Bible is more important. And mommy's tools are a cooking spoon and an apron and a Bible, but the Bible is more important. And then you had to do like these reinforcing activities to draw a line from mommy to mommy's tool and daddy to daddy's tool. Yeah. And it it kept reinforcing that, you know, that was obviously the elementary school curriculum. Yeah. But, But, you know, yeah, they kept reinforcing that into like the high school curriculum. It is God's design that the wife should obey the husband. And they had little cartoons that would have a little girl watching her parents argue. And then the mother would come out and say, it always makes us happy when we obey. It would be wrong for me not oh to do God. as your father says. <laughs> so you can see why this has been banned in so many countries, but they still sell it in the United States. Well, yeah, but I, I can also I can also see how you end up married to someone and thinking that's the right thing to do, too, is obey. So, so right. that was your education. Did you go all through high school with that? No, I was in um, public school in New York from third grade through, I guess, 10th grade, because then I went back to kind of a Christian education workbook system while I did a working student program. I don't know, because I'm too ambitious or something. Yeah. Um, but during those years, you know, my my family and social life was all Christian. We still did Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, vacation Bible school, church camps all summer long. Um, you know, weekends were youth group fundraisers. So it kind of, I don't know, maybe overpowered anything I might have gotten from public school because you're closer to those people mm-hmm. in the church system than you are in the school system. Right. When you said youth group fundraisers, I mean, all, all I flashed on, I think my high school was probably, you know, more like fast times at Ridgemont High, where they're, they're like, they're like out there doing bikini car washes for fundraisers, you know, not, uh, yeah, not, not bake sales. But we had rules for that. You know, I'm like sure you did. The girls had to wear the t-shirts and shorts. But I think, I can't remember if the guys had to wear shirts or not. I don't remember. I guess I wasn't looking much. <laughs> yeah, they were probably in cheerleader outfits. I don't know. I'm not much of a joiner, so I wasn't in any of those things. I didn't do any yeah. of that stuff. No, I was the one that just left school right after school. It's like, see ya, I'll go do a job or something. Something important. Right? Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, oh well. So so now, based on that, how, um, how, so your kids, 
where did they start in school? Did you did you start <laughs> them off in a public school thing? Did they start off in a uh, the hammers for dads and the the spatulas no. for moms <laughs> situation? No, no. So I did not send them to public school because where we were in Texas, the public schools sucked. Wow. And so I did homeschool them. And part of my reason for homeschooling them was that I wanted to be able to leave whenever I wanted to and like go visit my parents. Or if we found a job away from there, nobody would be like, oh, you have to wait until the end of the school year. No, no, no. I want to be able to like pull out of here at any moment. And I did, I did use like a Christian curriculum, but it wasn't like that. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, my mom more... used my mom used a spatula for a whole different thing in our house. So, <laughs> but, oh yeah, actually, it was a that wooden was spoon. Wooden spoon, belt. truth be told. Yep, that was my dad's job. So yeah, well, of us, really bad. That's who got the job. And it's like I, I always felt bad for my dad. He'd come home from work and he'd be like, "You need to go spank that kid." <laughs> like, I know, right? And you're like, That's... "What'd she do?" <laughs> it's like just. <laughs> You just you wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> like oh, I no. heard that a lot, right? Too. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And I, I think by the time he got home, I didn't remember what I did, so it didn't. It probably wasn't not effective. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. I know. So now, um, so I know you have thoughts of, on education. We've talked a lot about education because uh, well, I think we're on the same page with the industrialized um, little army of kids. Is probably not yeah. the way to go. <laughs> Not definitely not the way to go. I would hope and there's my, a way to change it. I would hope so. I so my kids are enrolled in what my mother calls a hippy dippy school. <laughs> yes, hippydippy dot com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I I joked about that. Don't look it up. Nobody look it up. It's not it's not really oh, hippy dippy dot com. I don't know what hippy dippy dot com is. So you're on your own now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh boy. No, their school is like it's kind of a kind of a Montessori style, but it's not a Montessori school. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a self-directed learning I like um, that. type of school. And I've noticed for my boys since they've left the public school system that they they've become more independent. It's like they were they were wanting someone to tell them what to do and when to do it constantly. Right. And that was hard on me too. Like I'd get home from work and they're like, I don't know what to do. I'm bored. Well, go figure it out. Yeah. And now that we're in this quarantine and everyone is um, having to have their kids do school online, um, it seems like such a struggle for the people who have their kids in a public school. Yep. Like they're, they're really struggling with not having someone handhold them all the time this is from what other parents are telling me oh yeah this is not my experience this is other parents are telling me um but my boys have been very independent and one of them is trying to learn a programming language and the other is trying to learn Spanish and I didn't tell them to they just decided to and they were curious about it which Ah. is my other pet peeve about schools is that kills curiosity like learning is supposed to be fun and they are learning that learning is not fun it kills curiosity true. and creativity, and and that's absolutely true. Um, yeah, I agree. And now, now what I what I would like to see happen after this, or I'm 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 gonna say I'm curious. Will it be people? Will there be a section of people that 
ended up teaching their kids online, realizing how much better that is now than sending them to school to sit around and study for a test. Is, is there going to be right. a group of them that now you're going to see a big surge in schools, maybe like what you do with your kids? Well, I know that the school that my kids are going to, um, even during the quarantine, have been getting requests for tours um, as soon as possible from parents. So I'm wondering if parents are kind of taking the time to look around for other options, maybe, right? while they're in quarantine. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, there was one other uh, thing that was kind of impactful for me with education, and that was, but in my college years. Um, yes. So I took this class on, it was about terrorism shortly after 9-11. So, you know, this was a hot topic. And I did a report on the psychology of a terrorist leader. And I think that was one of those giant aha moments when I looked through the list that the psychologist had placed out, basically for a radical ideology, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And all of the red flags from Texas were just like waving everywhere. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that could have been me kind of. A, right. <laughs> like how, how did I, how did I stay under this for so long? But I think it's because I had that early education experience where it was just imprinted from a young age reinforced by my parents mm -hmm. not only by their words but by their actions mm -hmm. um and that that is I think what really pushed me through was to do that that study on a terrorist leader wow um, I can like read there's like six quick little things I can read here go for it so an effective terrorist leader can maintain a collective belief system. Okay, that's pretty straightforward, right? Yes. Establish and maintain organizational routines every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday uh -huh. night. Right? <laughs> but here's where it hit me. Control the flow of communication. When they start telling me who I can and can't talk to. Oh, that's a cult, in my opinion. That's yeah. a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're really trying not to give away too much but there was a point in the controlling church where I had stepped out of line in the pastor's opinion and I got a prophecy from the Lord oh, that right. I should cut my ties with my family oh yeah yeah that makes sense ironically this was a few weeks after my father had visited and he asked to see the church's financial statements huh hmm coincidence I think not. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so the last three are uh, manipulate incentives and goals for followers, hmm. deflect conflict to external targets, and keep action going because Ooh. periods of inactivity cause peaks in vulnerability. So that Ooh. goes back to your midweek thing, yes. right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I like so that you can't one. have people be inactive or they will be vulnerable to That's these right. other ideas. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's an interesting thing, huh? Uh, I like that. That's a that's a pretty good list. Um, but you know, I I yeah. just finished interviewing my daughter a couple of days ago, um, and her brief little stint with which we we will call it 
Mm, she calls it a cult, which it's pretty darn close. But it's, I mean, it's in those same ways you're saying as far as, you know, maybe you should just not talk to your family anymore. You should probably only live with girls and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's just, um, I remember being worried and, and that was why I was worried. Cause it's like, well, hold on, you know, you're, why are you trying to say, limit your, limit your exposure to other people? Because, well, they don't want you to think, right. They don't want you to think. Right. If you start yeah. thinking, who knows what you'll think. You might come up with your own ideas and that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that's true. I did have to fight quite a bit while I was in Texas. This pastor did not understand why in the world I wanted to go to college. How was I possibly going to use that kind of knowledge in my role as a wife and mother? Right. You don't need to know anything else. (laughs) You just pop out babies and make more. (laughs) No. Right? Right? That's all it is. Oh, my God. And give us your money no matter what. You give us, don't forget that. Don't forget to give us your money. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. We need that money. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I love that your dad was asking about the financials. And that's from a conservative Christian dad, right? Yeah, but the type of conservative, he always was an elder wherever we went. We moved around a lot, but he was always an elder, which meant when there was an interview in the house to see if he could be an elder, I had to be on my perfect daughter behavior. Oh, boy. Um, but they, they did have a very good, I think, ethical church structure where there was a board who would kind of oversee the financials. Right. But in this cult church in Texas, the, um, the treasurer for the church was the pastor's daughter. This sounds like our current administration. (laughs) (laughs) It does. doesn't it? Like, wait, uh, yeah, my, this is my, uh, my daughter's going to count the money for us. Yeah, there you go. Right. Right? So in other words, they'd like pass the plate and be like, you know what's right between you and the Lord. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, and the pastor's daughter. And if I don't put the money in, you're going to come tell me that I wasn't obedient. Right. <laughs> you know? That's well, like one of the most nerve-wracking things of being in church, too, is where they have one guy at each end of an aisle of, of pews, you know, and they pass the basket along. And, you know, you feel <laughs> like they're staring at you. Is this just me where you feel like they're staring at you? And you're just like, oh, I gave, I gave last, I gave at the office. I gave last week, whatever. I just you know, pass along I know, the right? basket. It's just so weird. You feel like they're watching you from two ends of this aisle. It's so strange. I you know. know. Yeah. I would like kind of, kind of separate the money out and only put a tiny bit in each service because yeah. otherwise I'm going to, well, I was broke, but I would have nothing. <laughs> Well, you know, according to certain people I lived with, uh, you would have nothing if you didn't give that money, Kate. It would have been taken away That's because God blesses you and you give money. He gives you more money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tested that theory. It didn't work out so well. I know. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I had that conversation. And so it's so weird to, to stop calling him Future X now because I've been doing it for so long. But X2, 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 you know, he would say, no, I mean, you can you can see. I mean, we are doing better. The more money we give to the church, the better we do. And I would be like, show me the numbers. Show, you show me. And he never would. You know, he would be like, then that's not true. I know I can do numbers. I can do math. And it's like, it's not making any difference. But it's like, he's like, if I don't give the full 10 percent then uh, we it's like it's taken away I mean it's a total superstition but oh well we even um went through a period of time with that church where the teaching was 
you should tithe off of what you want to make. Oh, good. Yeah. Rather than what you do make. And then God will honor. Well, that. I want and to make will nothing. Make that. <laughs> I want to make no money. <laughs> right? So, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's an appropriate answer. Probably not. But <laughs> I know. That's so funny. So, all right. So, so um, when you, when you went to school then, and, and I know what I was like, you're, you're younger than me, but, um, cause you know, you know, I want to ask you about sex education. <laughs> okay. I am wearing my Planned Parenthood t-shirt today while we're talking, Ooh. but yes. So nice. when you were in the spatula and hammer school, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, <laughs> you weren't in there, you weren't in there old enough for them to not teach you about anything, right? That's correct. But when you went to the next school, did was there any sort of education on that? There was. There was there was sex education in um, public school. And, I mean, I guess I found it interesting because my family, like, we didn't talk about stuff like that. Mine my mom didn't tell me about sex. She didn't tell me about getting my period. My gym teacher did. Yeah. I got a book thrown you know? in my room. I hope my mom never hears this podcast. But yeah, I got a basically <laughs> a book tossed in my room. It's like, you should, you should probably read this. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So <laughs> so everything uh, I learned uh, outside of the minimal sex education that they had, which was like, you know, one day a year, um, yeah. was like from friends, which is not really a good source in middle school and high school. <sighs> yes, I agree. <laughs> and not the best, not the best plan not a good source I, I i would add though the church did add their own sex education fairly okay. strongly <laughs> in the form of like really awful anti-abortion movies with these terrible images of what would actually happen to a baby and testimonies from these women who are just bawling about how they regret having an abortion hmm. it was like scaring you into either not getting pregnant or if you do not getting an abortion wow so that and abstinence were the only things that i really heard from the church we didn't have any of that um abortion type talk but that's that's scary and interesting to me so hmm so they're telling you they're not telling you how not to get pregnant they're just telling you this is what's going to well, happen. Abstinence, yeah, obviously. Well, yeah, that works. That you works great. You have to great. do nothing. No <laughs> masturbating. No, um, no having sex with other people. Just you know, wait until you can't take it anymore, and then get married. Yeah. And make a poor decision. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not great. So, how how old were you when you got married? Eighteen. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's yeah that's pretty young. Um. So first kid yep. came when first kid was exactly nine months later, or <laughs> no? The first kid came a few months after I was no longer able to afford birth control uh, because I didn't oh have any insurance and because condoms wouldn't stay on. Oh, so um, well, wait, was... wait, wait! <laughs> you know, there's a joke in there, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll just let that go, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> So I was 20 when I had my first kid. Yeah. And I was already just like 
this guy sucks and he's not going to take oh, care no. of us. So I'm going to have to do something. Um, That's I think, sad. <laughs> but yeah. 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 It was. It was pretty. Yeah. I did pretty things. Crappy. I did things a little bit different, but I also stopped at one. You managed to have three more? Yes. Yeah. I had three more. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I think some of that was because, again, like these imprints in your brain from when you're little, I can't tell you how many times I heard from my family and friends and anybody close to me, oh, when you grow up and get married and have kids, or when you're looking for a husband, or when you're raising children, it wasn't like a if, right. it was just this, this is the standard protocol for life. This is what you do. And at 18, I really don't think that you have the maturity to push back on that or question it maybe some people do maybe they do and but I I lived at that time comfortably in that worldview my parents were happy my family was happy I didn't see any reason why it shouldn't work out in a happy way for me hmm. yeah and why yeah exactly why would you think otherwise there's no reason you right. would think otherwise right that was my entire world at that point yeah. So, so, yeah. so now then when <laughs> talking about that, where you already know after kid one, this is not, this is, this is not, it's probably not great, but mm-hmm. you have, you probably don't have a lot of options really. What are you going to do? No. Yeah. So, so what would you, what would you teach your kids now? How do you, <laughs> how do you even go about that? So my kid's 32. So the damage is done. I I can't really I can't really fix anything. <laughs> but your your kids your kids are still your kids are still you know moldable. I guess <laughs> in a way. Oh, now now I have to determine how much I should share about my older kids who you know are adults now. Um, I I will briefly share that I've been very open with my my older two about the subject of sex and children. And especially with my, well, she's currently genetically female, but prefers gender neutral pronouns. Cool. But because she's genetically female, I'm like, look, if you need birth control, you let me know. Um, right. And I've also taught her that as, as a female, you have to have your own way of making money if you want to have any power over your life. So true. So I did teach her that. Which I feel like is kind of an unfortunate fact, but it is a fact, it and she needs fact. to know it. So I've I've taught them that, and right now they're in a relationship with another female, so pregnancy isn't really an issue. But for both of my older ones, I have told them, and maybe some people are probably going to think I'm very cold, but I have told them, if you get someone pregnant or if you get pregnant, I'm not helping you raise the child. I am done. I am tired. Yeah. I will buy you a crib. I will buy you a car seat. Right. But that, I will be I'm grandma. Not, I'm not watching your right. kid. Right. I'm not childcare for you. Right. So don't expect that. Um, but my oldest uh, is 22 and uh, last year had a vasectomy. So he's wow. already made that decision. I know. I wasn't sure he'd be able to convince his doctor that that was okay. <gasps> Did we um, talk about this before? Did, uh, because I, I know there are other people I've talked to about this where it's really hard to they're like you're gonna you're gonna change your mind it's like well you could change your mind you can try to fix it adopt whatever I mean even when I got my permanent birth control at age 30 I think I was 38 or 39 and I had four kids 
I was lectured by the doctor three or four times. And I was like positive. I'm like, I'm positive. I know I don't want more kids. No, you count them. Four kids. Why, I'm 39. Why are four you kids? asking me more than once? Yeah. I'm, I'm high risk now. Like, why would you think I would want to? <laughs> anyway, but he, um, I guess we live in a fairly liberal state and he was able to get it taken care of and he's in a serious relation or he was in a serious relationship at the time and now they're married so they both agree on this they don't want kids well that was the key that's a key thing right there is that you have to agree that you don't want kids so yeah i didn't get my permanent birth control until i was about 51 but you know (laughs) what are you gonna do really (laughs) yeah (laughs) no actually i just i just had my husband's fixed that's the way i did it you know (laughs) right right yes I'm all for the, like, I mean, we have to do the childbirth. I right? Mean, my first, I, I mean, my ex do that. Good. Eventually. Well, I didn't make anybody do anything, just to be clear. <laughs> but but they, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was a, there was a no kids agreement before I married ex too. Um, mm. So, yeah, it was, we weren't having any more kids that I was done. Um, yeah. And I was, well, one and done is the way I put it. It's the same way I'm going to die. First try. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I know it's a terrible thing to say, but it's true. <laughs> so, all these images just went through my head. We just I'm need to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to do that. But yeah. So so now where where you're living, the job you're doing, great education. You like your place. You like your guy. Um, it's all good, right? Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. Um, it turned around so fast for me. Like, I, before the divorce was even final, I had my theme song set up. And my theme song was Single by Natasha Bedingfield. <laughs> and it's basically like, I'm not waiting for a guy to validate me. I don't need anybody. I don't need nothing. I just want to be by myself. Like, I can take care of myself. I don't need a man kind of wow. a song. Right? And like, I don't know, maybe two months after that, I met someone. <laughs> Except for you. And I was like, wait, I'm not even divorced yet. I want to be single. Wait, wait, what's going on? And I really tried. I really tried to um, push back on that feeling and be like, no, I can't. I can't be falling in love. That's not okay. I can't do this right now. Huh. I'm not even divorced yet. Hmm. <laughs> um, but it, it didn't work. And also... Um, not, not surprisingly, the sex in the first marriage was extremely disappointing. Aww. Uh, let's say never never fulfilling. So um, when I did kind of enter a relationship, I, I didn't move too fast because I was scared of the legal ramifications, which you would be familiar yeah, with, especially right. with kids in the mix. Like, I don't right. want to... And that lose... That's not a California thing. California, they don't care what you do here. But yeah you oh really yeah no we here they do matter yeah here they totally do and i just wanted like i just wanted them to sign the papers and like get it over with right um but then like eventually the uh natural human side of things won out oops (laughs) and before (laughs) the divorce was signed it was like you know what this feels right and i had to decide like am i going to be dictated to not that i'm a lawless person but in this case it felt so over the top like yes this is too much like I've known this relationship has been dead for two decades now and I've been separated for a year and I have the documents in hand just 
let me live. Yes. You know? So I did. Good. And I learned to keep it quiet. And as you know, sometimes quiet relationships are fun. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thinking about thinking about keeping them all quiet from here on out. It's just, you know, it's, I don't know. But there's, there's it a, is it's kind of fun. It is. <laughs> but there's a there's a big difference between the word need and the word want too. You know, I think what did you say? I don't need a man. And no, you shouldn't need No. You could want one though. <laughs> That's true. And I, I still think I'm in a place where I don't I don't need a man. Like Right if you're in that disconnected of a relationship for that long and you like claw your way out, you've kind of built your own uh, self up. You know who you are without that person because that person wasn't really there to begin with. Right. But that's the only, the only good relationship is one where you're already you. Right. And you, right. You know, you're two separate people that get to be together. Exactly. Yeah. So let me ask you a super personal question then. Ooh. (gasps) So the first husband, which mm-hmm. was disappointing, yes. did did you guys have the, you know, sinful premarital sex? No. Yeah, that's exactly my argument for premarital sex. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, and it, it turned out there were like really difficult physical reasons why he could not keep it up. Wow. Yeah. And that led to him needing testosterone supplements, which did not help his mood swings and um, kind treatment of people. But then the increased testosterone, he would be more um, insistent that I be, shall we say, submissive and compliant and willing to please. Okay. Yeah. So needless to say, orgasms were not... Um, really achieved well, it's not a priority for sure yes i'm sure not a priority from the other side uh for you um no no yeah. no, no no as long as he was pleasured then i'd done my job well that is your job as a godly woman <laughs> so apparently uh not cool so um, so now what when they, when you would have to go talk to i assume a christian counselor about this or a pastor what would they say were you were you even able to talk about this about the sex part of yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't even go there because I couldn't get past the, um, you know, we can't even pay all of our bills because you're not paying us enough. Right. And I'm working three jobs and taking care of the kids. And they're like, well, the Bible never said that you were supposed to be able to pay your electric bill. That's not in the Bible. And even if I made a logical argument that debt is actually covered, they would say, well, it wasn't talking about electric bills. You don't need electric bills. You have a roof over your head and you have food to eat. So you have everything that you need. And then there was a a time when um, my, at the time, husband had a really nasty rotten tooth in the back of his mouth. Mm -hmm. And I refused to kiss him because I had seen the images of it. And like, that was the only time the pastor was like, okay, she has a health reason not to kiss you right now. So I'm not going to jump to the sex question with those people. I, I didn't trust them. I always knew that their priority was to keep him there because he was their music star that was going to make the church grow. So they're going to do whatever it takes to keep him there, including keeping his penis happy. <gasps> oh, that's how I felt about it. 
Yeah, and I think that's rightly so. So, <laughs> no, I did not so talk I, to anybody about it. But he came and complained that you wouldn't kiss him with a rotten tooth, right? Yep. He brought me to the pastor's office complaining that wow. I refused to kiss him because he had a rotten tooth. I mean, that so feels like you got dragged to the principal's office in grade school, right? I it's mean, that's worse not, than that. Well, yeah, but I'm a grown Because usually it was <laughs> like... Uh, there were a lot of times I'd be like the pastor and his wife and my husband and they were all against me and they all claimed to have God in their corner oh. so that's like four to one well okay three to one plus omnipotent God which I outpowers everybody so no I did not bring up sex <laughs> wow that's just it's fascinating it's fascinating to me that you could even make it through I I, I can't even picture myself in that situation it's just nearly impossible that 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 someone would take me into a pastor's office and say she needs to kiss me and I'd be like no <laughs> right? I, Isn't that I, insane? I, I can't imagine ever even meeting anyone that would take someone into a pastor's office with that complaint it's, it's so it's foreign I don't I I don't right? get it yeah it's super yeah. weird All right. and then there were like because the the sex stuff was weird sometimes I thought well I guess I could like try going to the like the women's shelter and see if I can just stay there for a little while but there were a lot of congregants who volunteered there so they oh, never no. <laughs> I guess not wow so that's why I wanted to be able to leave and go to my parents yeah whenever I felt like it that's good and that was a smart move on your part um being able to be able to take them out of school whenever because you were to school so great yeah yeah, yeah. what are you gonna do so so yeah. um all right so when your book comes out kate yes are you it is is everybody gonna know i mean is this gonna be the the time where everybody finds out even though you've kind of kept quiet about being an atheist and not really using the word in mixed company oh do you mean like my family yes well, I mean, I'm kind of hoping to keep it on the down low. They, they like, don't watch anything outside of Christian stuff and Fox News. Oh. So I doubt this would get in, into their <laughs> worldview. And also, I have a very common last name. So true. <laughs> I, I don't know. We will, we will see. Um, but I guess my, my perspective on it is the truth is the truth. And what comes out comes out. Good. And deal with it however it plays out I like that I like that a lot because yeah. yeah I mean I think I think it's um not fair to have to live your life worrying about what everybody else is going to think or find out um right you're a good person why would you not be a good person you're no different of a person except <laughs> it's it's hard to not be genuine I guess this may be part of my issues where yeah you know, <laughs> that's true you know if someone said flat mm -hmm. out to you kate do you believe in god what would you say no good all right yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah i i believe in being honest but i guess like around my parents i'm i try to be respectful of their beliefs too like when i was there just this past february when my dad wanted to pray at the dinner table all right well i'll hold hands and stare at the wood grains for right. a little while that's fine <laughs> Yeah. But if he had asked me to pray, I would say, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would, like, I would be that. respectful of your position 
but you need to be respectful of mine. And although I haven't come out and said it, they know. Yeah. To a degree, you know, they know something is going on. They know I don't go to church. They know I don't pray. Um, yeah, that's so a, just, that's good. That's it's interesting because yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's like I'm at your house. This is what you want to do. I can be respectful. Um, but yeah, if you tried to push me into it, I wouldn't do it either. And at my house, we don't do it. So if you come to my house and you're weirded out by not praying uh, before a meal, well, you're welcome to knock yourself out, you know, pray by yourself. It's fine. Right. But isn't there even a Bible verse? Oh, I hate that I know stuff about the Bible. It really bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but isn't there one where you're supposed to pray to yourself and be quiet? I think, um, I think I think there is. Yeah, like there's a prayer <laughs> closet thing. I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So whatever. It's all dumb. But I, I mean... did go through. There was like an interesting phase, though, with my um, my third child. Um, after we left the church and he was like, I don't know, 10 or 11. Hmm. And he still wanted to pray at dinner time, And I had already told him I don't go to church anymore and I don't pray anymore. And he's like, Mom, can we say a prayer? And I would tell him, even at that age, if you would like to pray over your food, you may do so. Good. But that is not my practice. And so I am not going to do it for you. Good. And that made him very upset for a while. Um, <laughs> that was that was a big change for him. Yeah. That I, he had, I guess, fond memories of me praying over dinner and wanted that to continue. But I had to just like stand up for my current beliefs that I've changed and that no I don't I don't do that anymore it's not just you yeah that must be that must be hard though with kids you know just trying to all of a sudden you've shifted gears it's like you know what we don't like red anymore we like blue now (laughs) right yeah it's just so strange (laughs) Uh, I don't know Uh, it's it's really odd (laughs) to think about oh that that reminds me of when like I was in high school and I was sick I was like really sick but I was watching the presidential debates and I told my mom I really liked Michael Dukakis and she was like oh, we are Republicans in this household and I was like we are and nobody told me that right as if it's hereditary that's the funny part yes I think I think my family would think that too you're like you're a liberal and I'm like I don't like yeah. liberals I do what I want <laughs> but it's I'm the same way. Like, I don't even know that I like to, like, I don't know. I don't know that I would say to my parents, I'm an atheist. Yeah. Right. I would say I don't believe in God, but cool. Atheist is like a different, maybe it's because of the connotation people have put on it. I think I, right now, this is still evolving, but right now mm-hmm. I think I prefer the word humanist. Oh like, yeah. I'm just, I, I like to be for what is best for people. Agree. I don't have to be anti-God for that necessarily. I can be pro a lot of other things. So I'm going to go with humanist for now. Yeah, that's kind of the same boat I'm in. It's it's more about people and what people can do. And people can do amazing things. They don't even need a God, you know. Yeah. Doesn't, there's no reason. Uh, I would love it. If, don't need a right? God. I know. If you could step back and just look at that and go, wait, no. All the bad things that that you do <laughs> it's not bad things you do but you know when, when bad things happen and they all say well that's you know sin or well they have an excuse for everything but you know everything bad is human and everything good is god which is total bullshit yep so, absolute bullshit yeah yeah and it's it's sad to see people do really cool things for other people and have them not you know i hate to use the word credit but that's kind of 
what it is. It's like, no, I, I did that for somebody and it's not God. It was me. <laughs> so, you know, you don't yeah. need, you don't need a blue ribbon or brownie points or whatever. You just, you know, it's just, it is what you did. Another human helped you out. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's all weird. So, so I, um, I have one more tidbit to talk about with you. Cause uh, yes, Kate, Kate and I are kind of drinking buddies. Oh yeah, I and we're virtual drinking buddies. Well, we were in person drinking buddies. But, <laughs> but That's true. <laughs> so, so I believe you told me something about when you had your first drink. How old were you when you oh. were? Yeah, there was a there was a number that there was a high number. <laughs> if I remember right. So I'm I'm gonna revise that story a little, just a little bit. Okay. Um, so I did, I did have one drink when I was underage before <gasps> that. I know. And I think this was like the one adventure story that I had with the, um, my ex, mm-hmm. um, that I guess felt like a really cool adventure at age 17. Uh, cause he played at bars, another musician. Um, yep. You gotta yeah. watch out for those I, musicians. No, believe me. <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Never be sorry about Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> anyway, he was so he was playing at a bar and he basically snuck me in and he was like, take your coat off. Maybe somebody will buy you a drink. And somebody did. <laughs> wow. Um, so th- technically, that was my first drink. But then I was like banned from drinking by the church. Basically, that, okay. was, that was that was the general rule. I was a bad girl back then. Ah, this story but went then... somewhere I didn't expect. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing you asked I like the question. It. I know. <laughs> so then I didn't drink at all again until I was I was 34. Whoa. And my parents had brought me to Germany, my birthplace. Mm-hmm. And they noticed that like we were at this restaurant and I was just staring at this thing on the, it was like a board menu on the wall. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what is it? What do you want? And I was like, is it, is it okay if I try tea with rum? And they were like, yes, absolutely. Because at the time they knew that I was in like this super controlling church and they were actually in a more liberal church than we had started out with. So like the tables were turned and they wanted me to kind of grow out of my box, I guess. I don't know. So I had had tea with rum when I was 34. And then I didn't drink again at all until I met my man. Oh, um, good. Yes. And I like then him. I was like 38. 30. Well, you know, so you'll he would, be okay. He would say I was 27, but I think I was 38. Yes, yes. 27. <laughs> that was it. No, okay. The part of that story was like, so wait a second. He sneaks you in and he tells you to take your coat off because he was too cheap to buy you a drink. So he was going to get somebody else to buy you a drink. Yeah, I should have I should have seen that red flag too. See, seventeen. What can I tell you? Right. We do stupid things when we're seventeen. That's great. But yeah, we kind of have our nightly uh, uh cocktail comparisons sometimes on the Aptron yes, Marco Polo. We do. Yeah, it's kinda of fun. We like it. But yeah. It's fun. Do you have anything else you would like to say, Kate, before I let you get back to your people? Hmm. Um yes, I think so. I think that I would like to say that um, that it's so much better on the other side, Aww. and like just being able to like explore 
not just ideas, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Really good sex. <laughs> nice. It's really nice to have. Like, yeah. it was not an easy thing to not have any, like, good sexual experience for 20 years. And yeah. then come out on the other side. And like I said, it was a pretty quick transition. And yeah. it does, it, it is a natural human part of life. And it does make a difference. I agree. You know? Yes. Yes, it does. I swear and that it made a difference in like my skin and like I mm-hmm. looked brighter, my eyes look better. Like it's a need. It's a human need, people. It is. Yeah, I agree. It's it's I mean, it's not that's actually scientific for reals stuff, you know. <laughs> that it yeah. does. It does help you uh everything, mood, attitude, you name it. Um yeah, and and in and in a submissive obeying type marriage, you you can't even ask for it, right? I mean, it's not something you could have yeah. asked for. It's it's pretty one-sided. Like yeah. he can ask anytime he wants and if I'm interested it's it's only if it's mutual. Hmm. Well, Basically. I'm glad you're in a good place now. <laughs> I am in a very good place okay, now. Okay, one last question. I know you asked yes. me if I was going to ask this too. So, here you go. Are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? I'm ready. I'm okay. ready. Kate, why yes. are we not screwed after all? Well, although I can see a lot of reasons to have anxiety in the curtain, certain um, world state that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would have to say I have to have some positive outlook because I know how much people can change. Yes. Not all people seem to be capable of that level of change, but I've seen it happen. So I have to assume that a lot of people are. And if people are capable of that kind of change, and as you said, people are capable of doing really amazing things. Yes. We may not be screwed after all. I agree. I like that answer. Thank you. (laughs) I like that answer. People can change. People do change. Never say never. Never say never. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kate. It was great. Thank you, Stephanie. We'll super looking forward to your book too. So when that happens, I'll let you know. Yes, when that happens, we'll post it everywhere and tell everybody, and it'll be a lot of fun. We'll tell everybody, but we won't tell your parents. Thanks for listening. Kate's websites where you can get updates about her book release and more. KateDawnSmith.com and OhTheHumanityBlog.com. I'm not going to spell them out for you. They're in the show notes. Check out our Facebook group called Yappers where you can tell her how much you liked her interview. It's private, so you will have to answer a few qualifying questions. But once you're in, You can be yourself and not be concerned that what you have to say will show up on your regular Facebook page. We're also on Patreon, where you can contribute to this podcast. Patreon.com, your atheist pastor. Stay godless, everybody. It was a good ramble, Stephanie. I enjoyed it, but I did remember something that I should have said when you said, do you have anything else to add? Which is, thank you, Stephanie, for all you do with keeping this community going because it's really helped me out 
So I'm glad to have a friendly atheist community, not a confrontational one.